Well, good morning, everybody. We're glad that you're joining us here on uh, wherever you happen to be watching this. My name is, is Rich Schmidt. I'm the pastor here at Living Hope Community Church, and uh, this is very different for us. Uh, the past several weeks, we've been pre-recording our, uh, our segments of the worship service from home, uh, trying to encourage everybody to cooperate with the stay-at-home orders. But now that things are starting to open up again, we decided we need to start live streaming it from the, the sanctuary, from the building here at the church. And uh, I got to tell you, just for me, this is incredibly stressful. I gotta make, we got to make sure that like the, the hardware works and the software works and the internet doesn't go down and all that stuff. So hopefully you can, you can continue to engage in this service uh, live this morning here at 9 o'clock. Um, we already know that we're having some issues with YouTube that we will try to correct for next Sunday. Um, but anyway... Uh, we also are beginning to transition toward opening the church building back up to you uh, for worship. So it'll be in the month of June that we'll begin to invite people back to the building. And we knew that when that happened, there's no pre-recording things. We're just going to be live doing the service and, and wanting to include all of you who are watching from home. Uh, our guess, and this is just a guess right now based on just a handful of conversations, is that maybe half of you in June are going to say, yes, we want to be in the room wearing a mask and staying distant and all that stuff, not touching anyone. Uh, and about half of you have, we think anyway, are, are planning to, to stay home and say, uh, maybe we'll see you in July or August or next year. We've heard different things from different ones of you. Uh, so over these next couple of weeks, we'll be asking you uh, what you think and trying to make sure that we're ready for the number of people that will show up here in June and um, trying to be responsible uh, out of love for you and out of love for our neighbors. Uh, oh, but right now, we like to begin our services with this greeting that Christians have been using for as long as there have been Christians. Uh, the Lord be with you. And also with me. Okay, great. Thanks, guys. Would you bow your heads with me? Let's pray. God, thank you again for the opportunity to connect with you today. Um, you know that for some of us, it's, it's the songs that, that um, stir our hearts, that help us to feel the connection to you, the God who made us, the God who loves us. As we sing about um, you and your glory and your greatness, as we sing about uh, your transforming love that changes us from the inside out, God, that's what we want. We, we want to glorify you with our lives. We want to thank you and praise you for all the good that you bring us, even in the midst of difficult circumstances. God, you are the one who is guiding us and strengthening us and comforting us and protecting us. God, thank you for the ways that you have been with us throughout this whole ordeal. And we pray that you will continue to guide us. God, there are so many folks that we are uh, lifting up in prayer to you today. Uh, we continue to to pray for uh, our healthcare workers, those who are on the front lines of caring for those who are sick, uh, especially those who are uh, sick with this particular disease and, and are uh, concerned about what that means for themselves, for their families at home. God, we pray that you would protect them and bless them for the service that they are doing to all of us. We pray for those who are researching and trying to find good treatments and, and cures, God, that, that you would guide them and, and help them, give them insight to be able to find those solutions quickly uh, for all of our sakes. God, we pray for our leaders, uh, from the president uh, all the way down to governors and mayors, and, and God, all those who are uh, giving guidance and leading us as we begin to reopen things. Uh, God, we pray that you would give them wisdom. Uh, we pray that you would help them to lead us well as a society, as a nation, as a state, as a community. God, each and every one of us, we pray that you would guide us and help us to, uh, to find ways to uh, enjoy life while being respectful of the people around us who uh, continue to be vulnerable to this disease. 
God, help us not to put our own rights ahead of, uh, of our love for others and our concern for others. God, help us to demonstrate the kind of love that you showed us in Jesus Christ as you gave up your rights, Lord Jesus, and came to us out of love for us. Help us to, to reflect that kind of love, that kind of selflessness, that kind of grace to the people around us, to our neighbors that you have called us to love. God, we pray for our students today and our teachers, those who are getting ready to end a school year that is not ending the way they had planned at all just a couple of months ago. Uh, God, we pray for, uh, especially for those who are graduating, uh, that you would bless them with the joy of accomplishment and the, the pride in what they have done. And uh, God, we look forward to celebrating that with them as we have opportunity. Um, God, please bless them as they transition from school to summer to life beyond summer. And again, God, give wisdom and guidance to all those who are leading in the area of education. Thank you, God. Thank you for the ways that you guide us and speak to us. We know that these are not just empty prayers that we are uh, shouting into the, into the void. God, we know that there is a loving God who cares for us, who, who desires for his kids to, to call out to him, to ask you for things. Um, God, we want to invite your activity in our lives. We want to be aware of it. We want to partner with you in the ways that you are being gracious to us and in the ways that you are being gracious to others through us. God, help us to have eyes open uh, to see those opportunities. Help us to have hearts open to our neighbors, uh, to those who, uh, whom we could serve in some way. Thank you, God, that diseases and shutdowns and all these kinds of things, they don't hinder you in the slightest. So help us to continue to live full of confidence in you, confident in your love, in your power, in your presence with us. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, the peace of the Lord be with you. Also with you. With you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, uh, I, I can't wait until you're all in the room here with us uh, to be able to do this uh, together. So uh, you guys can go ahead. You don't have to stand up here anymore, I guess. Uh, normally right now we'd be wandering around the room greeting each other, shake, shaking hands and hugging and all that. And we're just not going to be able to do that for a while. Uh, even when we're back in the building uh, this, this June, um, we're not going to be hugging and all that stuff. I'm going to Oh, you get a little closer. I feel like I'm way far away from you. Okay, that's better. Um, and so uh, uh, right now we would normally be greeting each other. Thank you guys so much for leading us in, uh, in music today, leading us that way. Um, we're so grateful. Um, <clears throat> uh, as I mentioned earlier, it's in June that we'll be coming back to the building together. And uh, we'll be reaching out to you between now and then to get your feedback about uh, <laughs> will you be with us that first Sunday in June, if that's the day that we open up uh, to people being here. Uh, we know already we're not going to start right away with, like, kids ministry. Uh, we're not going to start by having the food available for us to all snack on because those are just vectors for, you know, infection and that kind of a thing. Uh, so it's going to be different. Uh, it, it will be different uh, for a while as we transition back to something like normal. Um, but I can't wait. I'm looking forward to it. Um, one thing that, uh, that I'm celebrating today, uh, let's see, what was, I, what was I looking for? Oh, that's right. I need to mention the, uh, the digital connect card. Uh, normally, I'd be encouraging you to fill out one of those little cards that's in the bulletin, and uh, I can't hand one of those to you today, but there's a link you can click uh, to go there. It's like livinghope.info slash connect card, I think. 
you can let us know that you're with us today. You can let us know who is worshiping with you. You can let us know where you were, I guess. Uh, you can take pictures, share them on Facebook, all that good stuff. Um, but especially let us know how we can pray for you, how we can connect with you. If you have a question, if you have a need, some way that we can help, uh, please fill out that Connect card. Let us know how we can help you. And, or give us a call here at the, at the office, 462-1245, um, or email me, rich at livinghope.info. I know the past few weeks I've been putting that up on the screen. As we're learning how to do the live streaming thing, I didn't want to... Uh, toss too much of that back into the mix all at once. I'm sure Katie could have handled it, but, uh, but I didn't want to ask that of her, of her this morning. So uh, <clears throat> please fill out that Connect card. And I'm, I'm celebrating today what uh, just happened yesterday. Yesterday was the Global 6K for Water with World Vision, and uh, several of you participated. Uh, I'm trying to remember, I think we have 40-something people that registered through our, our site uh, at valpo6k.com. And several of you have donated. Uh, you didn't walk. You didn't do all that stuff, but you, you've donated. And so far, I just looked uh, before I got up here, uh, so far our team has raised $3,887. That's 77 people with clean water who didn't have it before. Um, and so thank you for your generosity. Uh, the event was yesterday. It's too late to sign up for it. Uh, although you can sign up for next year, I think May 22nd. But today, if you want, you can, you can continue to donate. You can go to valpo6k.com, just make a donation to the team, and... Uh, it would be exciting to see that number continue to climb uh, over this next week, and uh, we can provide clean water for more and more people. Um, let's see. I feel like there was something else I wanted to save. I'm going to save that for, for just a minute. That 6K, as well as other things, have got me thinking about um, perspective and how, how we, can, we can think that our own perspective is, is the only one or is the truth. We can think that what we see is, is just what is, and the reality is my perspective is not the same thing as reality. Uh, I hope we all understand that. I hope we all recognize that, that uh, there are some things that just, they look a certain way from my perspective, but the reality is other people live with a very different perspective, a very different reality. Uh, this was driven home to me by this 6K and by a book that we ended up reading uh, to our kids last night um, called The Water Princess. Have any of you guys ever read this book? Uh, this is a fantastic book um, that is uh, based on the childhood experience of Georgie... Uh, Badil, I think is how she says her last name, uh, a woman who grew up in Africa without clean water in her village. And the story is about this young girl who every day uh, gets up with her mother before the sun rises and uh, walks miles to get water that is not clean, uh, water out of a river, water that's muddy, that sometimes that they have to take all the way back home and then boil before they can drink it. And she talks about her thirst and she talks about... It's, it's interesting because it's, it's a really helpful look inside the mind of a child. It's not depressing but it's a, it's a reality that uh, too many people, millions of people in this world live with every day right now. And, uh, and at the end, it, uh, it offers words of hope because the, the woman who this story is based on, uh, she was able then to turn around and bring water to her village as she grew up and uh, bring clean water to her village. So it's a beautiful book. And I found we're not going to watch it today as part of the service. Um, because I'm afraid if I tried to do that, there's copyright issues and our, the service would get taken down by Facebook or YouTube or whatever. Uh, but there's a link, I think, included in the description of this video to The Water Princess. Or you can just go to YouTube and Google it. Um, um, my favorite is about 10 minutes long, and I can't remember now the woman who reads it. Uh, but she does an excellent job of reading this story to you. And I would encourage you to read this story. It talks about, um, it, it helped me get inside the mind of what it must be like to be some of the kids that we walked for yesterday. I brought with me the, the race bibs. It's funny calling them race bibs because no one was racing. My boys were running around and on their bikes and stuff, but uh, there was no competition uh, involved. But uh, I was walking for a young man named Raymond, age 10, in Zimbabwe. 
my wife, Stacy, was, was walking for Soke in uh, age 11 from Cambodia. And my boys, it just so happened, they're four years old, and there were, there were two of the four kids were age four. So we let them uh, pin those to their, their shirts, uh, Poloko uh, from Lesotho and Ayanda Blessing from Zimbabwe. These are four children whose faces I can look at here on these bibs and know that they are getting clean water because we gave, because we walked. It's an amazing, humbling thing to have that experience. And I would love for you to have a similar experience. That's why I'm encouraging you, uh, if you're able, to go to valpo6k.com and make a donation. Um, You know we don't do pressure tactics here, and so I I already feel like I'm on the edge of twisting your arm. I don't want to do that. but this is a, a real difference you can make in the life of someone else. And so uh, I encourage you, read that book, go to valpo6k.com, and if you can, uh, make a donation. But that was an example to me of how there are people right now who their perspective is so very, very different from mine. I mean, I got up this morning and hopped in the shower, and I let it run for a while until the water got hot. I just wasted all kinds of water, you know, until it was warm enough for, for me to feel comfortable getting into it. Uh, and there are people today who will walk for miles to collect water, but then they will walk for miles back uh, before they're able to bathe in a little bit of it because they have to carry it all in jugs. Um, a couple of weeks ago, I was reading about one of the women. I think I mentioned her uh, actually last Sunday, uh, a woman who uh, three times a day would go and walk for water with a wagon full of like empty soda bottles that she would fill up and take home so that she could, her family could have, could have water. Uh, what I didn't mention last week is that on one of those trips, her young son nearly was swept away by the current in the river. Uh, she almost lost her son just trying to get water that I just turned on a, a faucet this morning. Uh, the reality I live in is one of relative comfort and ease. And there are millions of people today that don't live with that. Their perspective is so very, very different. Uh, But even apart from those stark differences, I mean, we've been seeing the different realities that some of us live in in the news lately. Uh, We've seen that if you're here in America and your skin is white like mine, your experience is is quite a bit different uh, than if you're living here in America and your skin is a bit darker. Um, We've seen, uh, you see all the time, friends, uh, (laughs) I know I interact with people on Facebook all the time, and I think, how can they not see this? How can they not see how biased that source is that they're looking to? How can they have that view of that politician I happen to like and they despise? You know, we all see things so very, very differently. Um, It it reminds me, I I come back all the time to these verses at the end of 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Uh, It's the love chapter, you know, in... um, in the Apostle Paul's letter to the, the Romans. But uh, there at the end of that chapter, uh, he, he admits, he acknowledges that I don't understand everything. And, and this is the guy who, uh, wait a second, I just said, uh, I said Romans 13 tonight, 1 Corinthians 13. It would help if I turned to the right, the right part of the Bible. Um, I'm looking at Romans 13, I'm thinking, that doesn't look familiar. Uh, 1 Corinthians 13, uh, he says this near the end. He says, um, For now we see only a reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part. Then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. He acknowledges that his perspective now is limited. And this is a guy that wrote like a bunch of our New Testament, a bunch of the scriptures that we read and listen for God speaking through, someone that God was was speaking through to us and still speaks through us to us today through his writings. He's acknowledging, look, you know, I, I don't have a perfect perspective. I can't see everything. It's like I'm looking in a mirror and I can kind of see, but, uh, or, I, or some translations say through a glass darkly. And uh, it's like, okay, I can kind of make it out, but not really well. Uh, there, are, there are details that are blurry. There are things I still don't understand. Uh, but the things he does understand, uh, he's committed to. <laughs> he understands that God, God loves him. 
that God sent his son Jesus uh, to conquer sin and death and the devil, that we can put our full trust in him uh, for our lives today and forever. He sees that clearly. But he acknowledges there are some things I just don't understand today. And for me, this is one of those areas that I personally have struggled with much of my life. Um, I don't know why the, the, the hand I was dealt, I tend to, I've always kind of been one of those kids that understood things quickly. I didn't have to study real hard to, to pass the test, that kind of thing. And um, that led to me having a certain level of uh, arrogance, I guess you'd say, um, thinking that I knew better than everybody else around me. And, um, and that really, God kind of had to beat that out of me over the years. And still today, I find that, that ugliness rearing its head again and again, Sometimes as I'm interacting with friends on Facebook and I'm thinking, I'm thinking I understand this perfectly well and they don't understand it. And I have to be reminded by God once again, like, wait a minute, my perspective is, is limited. My perspective is, is flawed. My perspective is different than theirs. Their life experience is causing them to see details that I'm missing because of my life experience. I, I don't value water the same way that uh, Gigi in that book values it or the real life people that her character is based on value it. Uh, I just don't experience life in the same way. So there are things I don't notice, things that I overlook. There are blessings that God has poured into my lap that I just don't see because they've just become part of the scenery. Uh, Things like clean water that's easily accessible. Things like uh, a comfortable house and a comfortable bed to sleep in. Things like a, a furnace that works and air conditioning soon that will be working to keep us cool. Things like shelter that keeps the rain off of me that we've been experiencing the last couple of days. Uh, there are so many of these things that I just don't even think about. I don't, I don't remember to thank God for them because for me, they've just become normal. And my perspective has blinded me to some of those blessings. And it's blinded me to the experience of some of my neighbors that I need to care about, that God has called me to love. Uh, I mentioned earlier, I think, um, that Jesus commanded us to love each other as he has loved us, to love sacrificially, to love selflessly, to love in a way that, that lays down my rights for the sake of someone else and their needs. And uh, <clears throat> that can be so difficult to do because my perspective is so very limited. Whether it's uh, the comforts that I have, whether it's my perspective on uh, politicians, whether it's my perspective on this pandemic. Uh, I know I had a friend on Facebook share a, one of those, um, what do they call them, infographics uh, not too long ago that was trying to sh- compare uh, this current COVID-19 thing to other pandemics that have occurred throughout history. And uh, we tend to just kind of compare it to things that we know currently. We compare it to the seasonal flu. We compare it to the, the, the SARS thing or the MERS thing, or these things that have happened more recently, swine flu, things that have happened within the last you know, decade or two. Uh, some people reach far enough back to compare it to the Spanish flu, uh, the 1918 uh, pandemic and that outbreak. Um, but if we look even further back than that, I mean, there, were, you know, there was a smallpox pandemic. There was the, the what's that big plague in, uh, <clears throat> what do they call it, the bubonic plague? The, the Black Death, what was that thing called? Yeah, that killed like, what, half the population of Europe or something? And, um, you know, we have, no, we have no context for that. I can't even begin to imagine, you know, half of our, our town's population being killed by a disease as we struggle to figure out what's causing it. Um, you know, these things, sometimes we encounter something like that that puts things in a different perspective for us, that keeps us from, from fooling ourselves, deceiving ourselves into thinking that my limited perspective is the only perspective. Uh, 
James chapter 1 talks about this somewhat. In fact, uh, that's, that's a book of the Bible I've always loved. I think because it can be so concrete and so straightforward, uh, whereas sometimes I'm reading the stories uh, that G- about Jesus or the stories that he tells, the parables, and they're, they're poetic. They need some interpretation, and James just kind of comes right out and says things, it seems like. And so I, I think from a young age, I was kind of drawn to the, this letter from James. And in James chapter 1, uh, he talks about uh, deceiving ourselves and being careful not to be deceived. In fact, near the end of that chapter, he says... Uh, uh, let me find it, and I'll, I'll read it to you directly. Um, James chapter 1, uh, he ends the chapter, at verse 26, saying, Those who consider themselves religious, that's me, I consider myself religious, and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues. Oh, uh, sometimes I speak out of turn. Sometimes I'm too quick to respond. He says, uh, they deceive themselves, and their religion is worthless. Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. He said, if, if we don't do those things, if we think we're religious, if we think, oh yeah, I'm living a life that pleases God, I'm, I'm, I'm following God, I believe in Jesus, but we you know, don't keep a tight rein on our tongue and we don't practice the kind of religion that God, our Father, accepts, caring for orphans and widows in their distress, which in their day, orphans and widows is just a catch-all term for anyone in need, people who don't have clean water, homeless folks in our own community, uh, people right now who are feeling especially isolated, they're older, they don't have family with them that need someone to reach out with a phone call uh, or uh, a meal or something like that. Caring for orphans and widows in their distress is something that God says, ah, you've got the kind of religion I've been trying to instill in people. You're living the kind of life that I was hoping that, my, that humans would live when I, when I created them. And to keep ourselves from being polluted by the world. I know I've often heard that phrase and thought, oh, that's talking about like not getting that, the stain of other people's sin on me. You know, like not hanging out with people who are, uh, you know, smoking and chewing or that kind of, what was it? We don't smoke or chew or go with the girls that do. I think that was a phrase I grew up hearing. Uh, you know, that we, uh, we try to avoid those kinds of people or something. But I think that treating people like those kinds of people uh, is being polluted by the world. It's, it's, it's taking a world's perspective that says, uh, I am better than those people over there. I'm going to keep myself clean and avoid those dirty, sinful people over there. Because what did Jesus do when he showed up and apparently lived religion perfectly, lived life perfectly? He didn't avoid the dirty, rotten sinners. He went right to them. He touched the lepers and made them clean. He, he ate with the tax collectors and sinners, what, which scandalized other people. But Jesus says, look, uh, it's like a doctor that's going to, for the sick people. I'm not, I'm not here to, to talk to the healthy people. These people need help. They know they need help. That's why I came. That uh, If we take a perspective that, uh, that says, oh, those people have to stay over there, I think that might be evidence that we're being polluted by the world. If we're looking out for me and mine and not caring about the people around me, that's being polluted by the world's perspective and not having... I guess the perspective of Jesus, not looking at other people, not looking at life the way Jesus looks at people. So I don't want to deceive myself, and that's easy to do. It's easy for us to, to, think, uh, to assume that my perspective is reality. If we think that, we are deceiving ourselves. If even the Apostle Paul says, eh, I, mostly, I see most of it, but there's, there's a bunch of stuff I still don't understand, I don't see clearly, I, If I think I'm better than that, I am deceiving myself. I am fooling myself, which means I am not going to live the life that God created me to live. 
That first chapter is filled with kind of perspective shifters. And I just want to mention a couple of them real quick. Uh, Early in the chapter, in James chapter 1, he says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. And he talks about perseverance finishing its work, helping us to be mature and complete, um, and the good that it builds in us. And that's a perspective shift, isn't it? I mean, when I go through trials, I don't think, woohoo, good, this is an opportunity for me to grow. I think, oh man, well, how long till this is going to be over? How long till I don't have to be isolated in my home? How long until I don't have to learn to, to you know, do some of these things myself that I used to rely on others to do for me? Uh, this is an opportunity for us to grow. And so the Bible here is saying, look, you could, you could experience joy in this uh, because God is going to help you to grow through this difficulty. There's In verse 9, uh, he says, Believers in humble circumstances ought to take pride in their high position, but the rich should take pride in their humiliation since they will pass away like a wildflower. Or the translation I grew up with said uh, they should take pride in their low position. And he seems to be saying that like, as you read through the rest of uh, James' letter, he, he talked quite a bit about the rich and the poor and the struggles that, uh, that we sometimes have between those two groups and uh, struggles that we see, I guess, reflected in some of our political discourse today. And, uh, and within the body of Christ, within the church, what James is saying is like, hey, those of you who are poor, look, you should take pride in the fact that you, you've been elevated by Christ. You've been lifted up. The rest of society might tell you you're worthless or no good because you don't contribute in these ways or because you depend on others or, or whatever it might be because you don't drive that car or wear those clothes or whatever it might be. While the rest of the world might be looking down on you, we don't want to be polluted by the world's perspective, he's saying, look, God has lifted you up. God has said, you are my child. I love you. I sent my son Jesus to die for you. You are incredibly valuable, infinitely valuable. So, so if you are in a humble circumstances, you should take pride in your high position. That Christ has elevated you, has thought very highly of you. If you're rich and everyone else is looking up to you or you experience all these comforts that the people around you don't experience, uh, which on a global scale, as I mentioned earlier, is, is kind of us. You know, all of us who are watching this right now on some internet-connected device, uh, we all have resources available to us that people around the world don't have. And, but... And, but we know that even among us, there are whew, uh, such differences in wealth, such differences in opportunity. He says, look, if you're rich, you should take pride in your humiliation or in your low position. You should, you should reflect the attitude that Jesus Christ had. Philippians chapter 2 talks about this, how Jesus uh, didn't cling to his position, his lofty position, but he, he emptied himself, he made himself nothing, took the position of a servant. He's saying, look, if you're rich, you should take pride in the fact that you have the opportunity to serve. You have the opportunity to do good. You have extra resources that you can give to make a, a huge difference in the lives of others. We're seeing that right now with some, some billionaires and some wealthy people who have given so much of their wealth to try to find cures for this uh, pandemic, for this disease. Uh, <clears throat> people who today are donating for clean water around the world. All sorts of ways. He says, look, we, we need a better perspective than the one that the world gives us. We need a, a better perspective than that. We need to listen to what God says about us, uh, to what God says about the people around us, to the opportunities that we have. And one other little, uh, little perspective shift that's mentioned here in James chapter 1. Uh, and, and he mentions it again, uh, well, in verses 13 to 18, he talks about uh, being tempted or being tested. He says, when we're tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. You know, God's putting me through this ordeal. God is, is causing me to faith, have this, this uh, crisis of faith. He says, look, God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each person is tempted when they're dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. Then after desire is conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it's 
full grown gives birth to death. He's saying, don't, don't look for somebody else to blame. We looked at that a couple of weeks ago as we looked at Genesis chapter, chapter 3. Adam and Eve, as soon as they ate from that uh, rotten fruit, uh, they were looking for someone else to blame. Adam's blaming Eve. Eve's blaming the snake. He's saying, look, don't look for someone else to blame. Don't blame God for what you're going through. Sometimes it's our own evil desires that, that cause us to be tempted. You know, let's, let's just be honest with God about the fact that, oh, God, I've got some, some rot in here. I've got some junk in my heart that I still need to work out. And that's why I find myself so susceptible to that temptation or to that struggle. Instead, he says, uh, don't be deceived, my dear brothers and sisters. He uses that phrase again about being deceived. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights who does not change like shifting shadows. He's talking about the heavenly lights, the sun, the moon, stars. He's like, look, those things cause shadows and the moon goes through its phases. And like, God isn't like that. He's not inconsistent. He doesn't depend on whether it's cloudy or clear. It doesn't depend on what phase the moon is in. God doesn't change like shifting shadows. He is always good, all the time. Every good and perfect gift is from him. It says he chose to give us birth through the word of truth that we might be a kind of first fruits of all he created. He's given us new life through his word, through this good message of his love for us and the victory that he's won through Jesus Christ so that we can live a new way, so that we can live not deceived, uh, not thinking, just accepting whatever the world tells us, so we can live instead uh, lives of love, lives that look like Jesus, lives that see clearly God's love for us and, the, and his love for the people around us. And that takes us back to 1 Corinthians 13, uh, where we're gonna, I'm going to wrap up my, my message here. Uh, <clears throat> at the end of the chapter, he talks about how we you know, only see, we have a limited view right now. We, we see dimly. We don't understand it all. But he starts the, the chapter off talking about love, right? And he calls it the most excellent way. Um, it says, love is patient, love is kind, it doesn't envy, it doesn't boast, it isn't proud, it doesn't dishonor others, it's not self-seeking, it's not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. For me, as I'm looking at my own life, as I'm aware of the temptation that I face to think that my perspective is the perspective, that my perspective equals reality. Uh, as, I, as I face my uh, susceptibility to deceiving myself, uh, I need to look at my relationships. I need to look at the way I'm living here in the world and, and saying, okay, am I living a life of love? Is the religion that I practice uh, just a farce? Am I deceiving myself? Or am I truly caring for orphans and widows? Am I truly loving the people around me? Am I allowing the love that God has for me to flow through me and to impact the people around me? Or am I just trying to hoard it all to myself? Am I looking out for number one? Am I being polluted by the world's perspective that says, I'm more important than you are. I'm more important than they are. I want us to live a life of love. I want us to have God's perspective, to know ourselves as, as who he says we are. I want you to know that how valuable you are, how much you matter to God. I want you to recognize the, the place that you can play in God's plan for the world, that God wants to work through you to bring love and grace to the people around you. There are tremendous opportunities still available to us now, even though we still may be limited in our access to other people. Uh, I was just in our Wednesday night Bible study just uh, this week. Someone was talking about how, how cool it is. They have all this time to send cards. They have time now to make phone calls, and they just, they're following the prompting of God's Spirit. If God brings someone to mind, they call them. 
And they just say, hey, I was just thinking about you. How are you doing? And they, they spend a little bit of time talking to that person who might otherwise be isolated, otherwise alone. Let's pay attention to the ways that God wants to be at work. Let's listen to each other and hear each other's perspectives. Let's treat each other with respect. Let's treat each other the way that love, uh, the way the love is supposed to, uh, that we just read from 1 Corinthians 13. Perhaps as we hear others' perspectives, we might recognize some of the limitations of our own. As we encounter the way that other people experience the world, we might recognize some of the ways that, that our own perspective has blinded us to God's blessings that are present right here and right now. Things that we should be thanking God for. Things that should help us to, to feel better about life uh, because God is with us and presenting to us opportunities to be used by God to share his love with the people around us. Let's bow our heads and let's pray. God, we are grateful to you for the love that you've shown us in Jesus Christ. We are so thankful that you are with us. That right now, wherever we are, all the different places that we're scattered, that you are with us, you are speaking to us, your Holy Spirit is meeting us right now. And God, you are, you're tweaking us in some ways. You are pointing out some things that need, to, need change, some, some ways that our perspective is limited. God, I pray that you would help us to see those things. Help us to bump into people who have such different perspectives that we are uncomfortable and God, use that discomfort to help us to pay attention, to listen, to hear what they have to say, and to, and to accept that maybe they're experiencing something differently than we are. Maybe they're seeing things that I've been missing. God, I pray that for me. I pray that for all of us, especially all of us who call ourselves Christians, who are, who are trusting and following Jesus, that we might display to the world the kind of love that, that shows respect, the kind of love that other people see and think, wow, so that's what human beings are supposed to look like. That's what it means to be gracious. That's what it means to be respectful. That's what it means to love. Thank you, God, for your word and for, for the scriptures, for the ways that your Holy Spirit speaks through them. God, we are so grateful uh, that, uh, that you are speaking to us still today. And I trust that as we listen to you right now, I trust that as this week, as we flip through the pages of our Bibles, as we listen uh, to someone read them to us on the Bible app, or however it is that we are encountering your word uh, each day, God, I pray that you would help us to be sensitive to your Holy Spirit speaking to us, reminding us of your many blessings, reminding us of your gracious presence, pointing out to us opportunities to be used by you, to be a part of your plan, be part of your mission here in the world, to bless the people around us. Thank you, God. Thank you for the incredible love that you have shown us in your son, Jesus Christ. Thank you that if we have ever wondered, does God love us? Is God with us? You have answered that question in a definitive way in, in coming to us in Jesus Christ. Emmanuel, God with us. God becoming flesh, living a human life here with us, taking on our flawed humanity, taking on our death. So that no matter what we go through, go through, we know that you are with us. And Lord Jesus, you conquered death. You conquered sin. You were crowned king of the universe, Lord Christ. And today we have the opportunity uh, to celebrate you and to be celebrated by you, embraced by you as your, as your kids, welcomed into your family, given new birth, given life by this good news of your victory that we get to share in today. Today, God, if there are any of us who have, who have been wondering uh, about your presence, about your love, God, I pray that today you would help us to have a, a little moment of, of truth with you, that we might hear from you, your spirit saying, it's true, I love you. 
I want to give you new life. I want to set you free from those addictions, from those habits, from those, those sinful patterns that have been destroying you and destroying your relationships and, and hurting the people around you. I want to help you to be part of the solution instead of part of the problem. I want to embrace you in my love. I want to transform you with my grace. I want to forgive your sins. I want to give you new life. God, would you help us to hear you saying that? And would you help us to say yes to your invitation, to trust you, to follow you, to allow your love and your grace to change us from the inside out, as we sang earlier. Thank you, God, for all of the grace, all of the love, all of the many blessings that you pour out on us today. We see them in Jesus. We experience them today by your Holy Spirit. We offer this prayer in the name of your Son. Amen. Amen. Uh, would you join me in praying the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray? Our Father, who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Uh, well, normally right now we'd be celebrating communion together. Uh, we have not been able to do that this entire time as we've been scattered uh, around all the different places where we are. In the month of June, uh, when we begin to have people back in the building, I think we're going to begin to celebrate communion together again, and we'll find a way for those of you who are watching from home and participating at home to participate in communion at that time. Amen. Amen. Thank you, God for all the ways that you bless us. Help us again to be aware of those blessings. Fill us, God, with a spirit of gratitude and with the spirit of our Lord Jesus so that we can know uh, that we are loved by you and so that we can see opportunities to be used by you so that your blessings might flow through us into the lives of people around us. Thank you, God, for the love you have given us in Jesus Christ. It's in his name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Uh, well, uh, I'm going to leave you with a blessing in just a moment. I just wanted to remind you, uh, if you want to take 30 seconds to fill out that little connect card, uh, that will help us to connect with you. And uh, again, if you want to make a donation to, uh, to the 6K for water, to providing clean water, you can go to valpo6k.com. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Amen. Amen.